We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome to DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Monday, March 27th, and we're getting close to the start of the Major League Baseball season. So we are continuing our, our primer series that we started last week, leading up until Thursday, Thursday opening day, where uh, we'll have Grinders live. In place of this show, I'll be on with Dean. I think Kirk Dees is on as well. And uh, we'll be breaking down that first MLB slate. But you know what we do on Mondays? Mondays with McCool. You like that alliteration? James McCool, we bring him on on Mondays. The co-author with me on the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. 15-hour DFS masterclass that you can pick up at theoryofdfs.com. Everyone's excited in the chat. Give me those thummy thumbs. Wataz Defick, real-life pitcher. He's back for baseball. He's a real-life pitcher. He's back. Right? Yay, MLB. Everyone's excited until... Everyone's excited, James. Mm -hmm. James, Everyone's excited until something happens. 
and we'll be talking about that on today's show. MLB, oh, it's so easy. What, 6.30, you build your lineups, right? Everything's cool, right? 7 o'clock, just go away from your computer. You're good. You're good. Outside of, let's say, yeah, occasionally the Dodgers lineup isn't out yet. Oh, they'll be out at 20 minutes from now. Maybe I have to replace it. Oh, Justin Turner's not in. Okay, I got to put in a third base. Oh, we're done. We're done. No, every, every, everything's fun in games until until uh, there's weather in the forecast and three or four of the games are, uh, is this game going to play? Is this pl- game going to play nine innings? So today I wanted to talk about postponement risk. And truthfully, that's like the number one reason to tune into uh, crunch time. Yeah, here I, I believe it's free. I, I think we're, I think it's sponsored by FanDuel, so I think it's free. It's not just a premium feature because Kevin Roth, you know, the number one DFS meteorologist in the world, he hosts that show, and he gives real live radar updates and assesses the probability of games starting playing through. And you have to figure, James, outside of once you have the projections, right? We're not talking about weather when it comes to like, oh, well, it's blowing 12 miles out to this way or whatever, or it's 56 degrees here and 92 degrees there. How does that affect, you know, the performance of players? Like we already have that in the projections, right? We got the ownership. We build our lineups, but it's this like, well, this would be a great game if it plays. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. how do we factor, how do we think about postponement risk when it comes to building our lineups? Uh, okay. So there's, there's a couple different trains of thought there. There's, there's a couple different camps, right? There's the camp that, uh, you should pay a lot of attention and you should get your guy who works for the nationals on the phone and (laughs) see if they're going to postpone, even though there's no rain in the forecast for the next two hours. Cause you never know with the nationals just infamously terrible at it. Uh, and you can plan accordingly. Um, well, that, hi- that highlights the first the first thing. Yeah, let, 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 let's talk about the first. Just I want I want to I'm standing up for because I because Kevin Roth probably has has the the least enviable job. He has a lot of road grinders. He has a lot of haters. Yeah, right. Well, only because because typically it's from bad DFS players because sure. bad DFS players do not think probabilistically. Mm-hmm. And weather people do think probabilistically. Right. So when when the weather forecast comes out, and you can see that we have a weather report page. It is free. Uh, Roth's weather weather report is is you don't have to be a Roto Grinder subscriber to to get. Right. You can, some of the weather edge stuff of like how it affects home runs and stuff like that. That that is part of the the premium subscription. Hey, Walt, yeah. the, but the actual weather report that he updates probably twice a day typically in the morning and then later in the afternoon. But he will give updates on crunch time a half an hour before lock, especially on the games where it's like, got to check radar late. You know, it's a yellow orange, got to check radar late to see, you know, where where, where models are popping this, stiff, this stuff up. The first thing with, with, with Kevin Roth is that he, he is a professional meteorologist and he has access to radar forecasts and models that the public doesn't. Mm-hmm. Now, most 
when you see your local TV meteorologist or, you know, the Weather Channel, they have those as well. What they're presenting on TV, what you have in your app, are very broad yeah. based model. And it's almost like you're looking at an aggregate of like 20 different models. And then the precision of them is like, they know that their audience is like, well, is it going to rain here in Louisville? Right. Not whether or not it's going to rain over my house, but just in Louisville. So yeah. remember, when it comes to Kevin Roth trying to determine rain out potential or delay potential, he has to base it around like a half a square mile in a city, not just all of Atlanta. So that's why a lot of times in the South, you know, a pop-ups. Like, well, they're going to be pop-ups in the area, but... Is it going to pop up over the stadium? Right. Who the hell knows? The Atlantic metropolitan area is is pretty big to forecast for that one small place where the, the stadium is. And then when he makes his forecast with the stuff like green and yellow and orange and red, he'll even post, he'll even put it sometimes in the weather report, but we'll talk about it a lot on uh, crunch time, that he's assigning a probability. Right? It's like, does this game play all nine innings? I think, 50%, 50% of the time, 75% of the time, or it'll be the type of things where pitchers, pit, batters are probably good. Pitchers may not be, right? It may be the type of thing where maybe there's a delay in the third inning and they waited out two hours and then they continue to play, right? Because he sees what, what the lines of rain look like beforehand and afterwards and everything like that. So he's assessing that probabilistically. And then the second caveat is that even with all of that, what do the teams actually do, right? Mm -hmm. We joked around, you know, you joked around the Nationals that they've postponed games and it's literally not rained at all. Right. Right. They started the game in a delay, two-hour delay, and then like, oh, there's really not going to be much rain, and then they just postpone it. So, like, the two things you have to look at is probabilistically – what is the chance that this game doesn't play? This doesn't play the whole way through. Mm -hmm. How does that affect who you should play? Because there's a difference between pitchers and batters. Mm -hmm. And then realize that the teams could the teams could do. Sometimes they play through. Sometimes you'll watch. You'll see. You'll put on uh, you know MLB TV, and it seems like why haven't the, why haven't the why hasn't the tarp come out on this game yet? And they just play through. They just play through light rain or some some decent parts rain and then sometimes you'll turn on mlb tv and roth has it as like a a, a green yellow type of thing like yeah there's a, some light showers in the beginning but probably gonna miss it here and then they start that you see the tarp on the field and you're like dude the rain doesn't come in for an hour why are they why are they starting in the delay that's actually bad right they should get an hour of the game in before this but apparently they're they're choosing to wait so like he has no control over that but James, when I said that it matters when it comes to pitchers and batters, can you explain why we're not talking about full game blow, you know, postponed? There are some times where it's like this game may not play at it may not start at all. Mm -hmm. But there are gonna be a lot of games where rain may come in in the middle at some point. And why does that matter differently for pitchers versus batters? Yeah. Uh so hitters. If it becomes something where the postponed risk is to both, 
so there's postponed risk and neither hitters or pitchers are safe, means that it's uh, very likely the game ends up getting postponed, right? Like that's where it's unsafe for both. Um, If it is safe for hitters but not pitchers, it means that there's a good chance at a delay in the middle of the game. And the issue with that is uh, hitters will come back out after a delay, but pitchers sometimes will, if the delay is long enough because their arm is not warmed up anymore, they'll just sit them and then they'll go into the bullpen instead. So if there's going to be a delay or a a chance of a delay in the middle of a game that is high enough, then it might not be safe for pitchers, Um, but it'll be fine for batters because batters can just go back out after however long of a delay. It doesn't really matter. Right. And if, and if the delay is long and then they continue to play the game, they're probably going to get nine innings in. Yeah. Sometimes that delay happens in the middle of the game and they call it. Yeah. Right. And then that, that that's bad for pitchers and hitters, even though the hitters have gotten like, you know, two at bats or something like you're kind of paying for plate appearances in DFS. Yeah. Right. You, you don't you, you really don't. You're not looking to target a game that you only think is going to get five innings in. Right. For when it comes to like stacking a team or anything, because. Sure, they could. Yeah, you're right. There are some times where they score 14 runs in the first two innings. And the games get caught get, gets called in the fifth. But good luck getting that efficient on your plate appearances. That in MLB, we've talked last week. Like a lot of the projection goes into the plate appearances. That's why you build stacks. That's why you correlate. Because as the team scores runs, they get even more plate appearances and it just builds upon itself. Mm-hmm. So that's when it comes to the difference between whether pitchers versus batters in your postponement risk. And just to tack on. If the game goes five innings and you get to keep your stats after they score 14 runs, maybe you're happy. If the game only goes four innings. And no, no, go- no. We, we, we don't have that anymore. They've oh, already oh, they, that, okay. It doesn't have to be an official game anymore. Just they, they changed that during COVID. I know you, you're going to say it's like, oh, the, all the stats get erased because it's not an official game. Yeah. They, MLB considers all postponed games now to be suspended. Okay. Right. Well, oh, so there's a rule that I was not brushed up on. Right. So there you go. Uh, so when it comes to actual postponement risk, let's say we have, you know, okay, this game is, Roth has it as orange, right? It's a, it's an eight o'clock game. You know, it's in Texas, right? Showers are coming through the Houston area or something. Uh, how do you, how, how, what are the ways, instead of asking how, what is the thought process or what are the ways that you could determine how that affects if you're more or less likely to play the pitcher, play the batters. There are ways to do it. I believe, I believe a uh, nerdy tenor who's in the chat. Maybe he could chime in. Uh, some people incorporate that literally into the projections. Mm-hmm. Like they incorporate and they say, Oh, this game has a 25% postponement risk. So essentially dock everyone by 25%. Yeah. And of course, obviously that'll nail the, dramatically decrease their projections and sometimes you may not get much of it at all but sometimes maybe maybe you end up getting a pitcher depending on how many lineups you're building and what types of lineups you're building is that is that a way that that you handle it that you incorporate the postponer risk into the projection i think there's too much nuance to do it that way uh, I, I do know a couple of people do end up doing things that way. And I think that's fine. Um, you, if you want to build it into a median projection and assume some sort of 25, 50% chance 
but I just think that there's so much nuance and there's so much context that goes into it that it's really, really hard to say that. Um, I personally take a harder stance on it. I prefer to look at the weather um, and say, okay, it is this game because I go to Roth's weather report every single day. Like I use it every single day. I follow him on Twitter. I He's important. Um, and, and people try to say that he doesn't do a good job or whatever. And it's like, well, he does a better job than 99% of people. He He's does really such a, a, a not, to continue to praise Roth that the amount count up. If you go back last season and count up the amount of times that he has said that this game is going is, is don't play this game. It ain't going to finish versus games that are like, He's comfortable. He's he basically says I'd be comfortable playing this game. He said I think they get all nine innings in, and then it ends up getting like called at some point. Like you'll remember the two or three times that it's like oh they they postponed the game in the third inning, and like it's only going to be a half an hour worth of rain, and then it's going to be clear, and they just decide to just they're okay. They don't feel like waiting. They're just done. Yeah, and then the amount of times where it looks bad. There have been times where I've looked at I've looked at the weather and go, I Roth says that he's 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 confident that there's going to be a delay. They're going to start in it, you know. They're going to start in a delay, but they're going to wait until this line passes, right? And then they'll start around eight fifteen, and they're pretty good until like eleven thirty. 11.30, they may have some problems, and maybe it ends up getting postponed then, but maybe not. But maybe they'll just play through some light rain. Like, he calls it to, like, a T. Count up how many times he says that, and that actually happens. And that's, yeah. like, like, like 30 times more likely that, like, he'll call exactly when the rain comes in, how much rain it is, and then it's just a matter of how the teams react to it. And Roth has been doing this for quite a while, that he knows kind of how the – the different teams operate, the different home teams, you know, the ballparks operate. They go like if, and will even, will even make a caveat. I said, if, if they're, if they're patient, mm-hmm. they'll get this game in. But if they're not patient and then you have to, then, you, then it's kind of, well, do, are they traveling the next day? Are they playing a, a team in their division? Right. It's like the type of things where they're playing a team in their division. They could set up a double header later in the year. But if, yeah. like, this is the only series against the, the Mets are playing the White Sox or something, and they're in New York, and this is the last game of a, of a series, and they're, they're going to try to get it in. Right, they're going to try to get it in. Right, right. So, like, you have a little bit of assessment on that. But that's why yeah. when you said nuance, it's like it's very hard to just put that into, like, I'm going to dock the median projection by 15% or yeah. 25%, right? And Daniel, Daniel Hutchins said, okay, go. Well, yeah, I, I was just going to say, because we'll, we'll get to Daniel Hutchins in a sec, because um, that's a really good, that's a smart way to do it. Um, even apart from his calls that are like play or not, right? Uh, even apart from the binary calls, uh, I, I follow his stuff and I read his stuff specifically so that I can get an idea of where people are going to overreact. Because it's it's not, I, I personally think that the vast majority of the time, the field is going to overreact to his orange situations. I think they'll underreact to red, but I think they'll overreact to the yellow orange. And they'll say, oh, well, you know, if this is orange, then I, I'm not going to play the Yankees tonight. But the Yankees are facing like James Shields' younger sister or something. And, and it's like, 
I'm I'm gonna play the Yankees tonight. Right. Even, so those even are the boring. considerations. We'll go over those considerations. But, yeah. But I but, just but wanted to, I just wanted to point out that that is that is where I think Roth is very very good. I, I think that he does a really good job not only on the binary calls but also on the on the nuanced stuff. He's he's really really valuable. So anyway, we'll we'll get to Daniel Hudson's comment now. Uh, with, uh, he says with persona risk, he essentially changes the batters from having a bimodal distribution to a trimodal distribution. Right. Yeah. So, so that basically there'll be a lot of zero, like there'll be a big hump on, if there's a 20% postponement risk, basically you're just adding like 20% more zeros right. into the distribution, which makes this big bump at the back end go up, which makes it a trimodal distribution. But the considerations is, hmm. is the important part. The considerations on whether or not you should play a game that has postponement risk, no matter how much risk there is, right? We're just talking about risk in general. It could be 10%, it could be 90%, whatever. That's You have to determine that for yourself. But I think there are three contexts. The contextual variables, like we talk about in the theory of daily fantasy sports, which you can pick up at theoryofdfs.com. The three contextual variables that matter the most when it comes to how it affects your building of lineups, I think is one, slate size. Two, uh, project. I mean, essentially projection, ceiling, mm -hmm. and three, ownership. Yeah. Which is, I mean, essentially we're talking about the kind of like the three lever levers. Yeah. So slate size, meaning that if there's a game that, potentially is going to get rained out and there's, but there's, it's, it's, it's a five game slate. Like it represents 20% of the slate, right? From an opportunity perspective, it's like, you don't have that many other choices. If it's a 14 game slate, like, dude, you have 13 other games to choose from. We're already playing a high variant sport as it is. Yeah. And we're stacking. So most likely we're we're looking essentially in MLB DFS to figure out to like I want five guys from a team that's going to put up ten plus runs, eight plus mm -hmm. runs, twelve plus runs, something like that. Well, when you got when you got twenty six other teams on a fourteen game slate, the importance of having the game that has a potential rainout isn't as isn't as important because right. it only had like that game may. On average, on let's say a 10-game slate with 20 teams, if all the teams were equal, the chance of the one team being the highest scoring team on the slate is 5%. Right. So let's just say on that 10-game slate, right, one game, two teams at 5% each may not even play. Mm -hmm. like you still got a 90% piece of the pie left. But let's say you're playing a four-game slate. It's like 25% of the, the, I mean, like, like then it's maybe more I'm more apt to take a shot on the on the potential rainout game. Right. Because there aren't many other places to go to. So like yeah, why not? Why not take a shot depending on the ownership? We'll talk about that contextual variable. The yeah. second contextual variable is just how well does that game project anyway? Right? If that game projects poorly as it is and it has a chance of not even playing Maybe you just exit out. I mean, like, right. like, right. It, it, how, how much better is that game compared to other games? Not how much better is that game? Because sometimes we'll, you'll get a New York, you know, Yankees, the Yankees have a 6.4 implied total. Right. And you go, okay. Or, and, and the other, you know, Derek Cole's pitching. That's why it's, it's a 10 total. But then you also have like a team with a 5.8 implied run total, a team with 5.6. You got cores going. 
with two teams with 5.5s. I mean, and you look and you go, this game is the best game on the slate, on this 12-game slate, but it's not so much dramatically more than like three or four other games that do I want to take a shot on the the potential rainout game. But that's so much different than, oh, here's a team with a 6.4 total, and the next highest team total team is like 4.5. On a 10-game slate, right, on a larger slate. It's like this game, the, the Yankees are so much higher, right? The Braves are so much higher that, especially with the last contextual variable of ownership, like is the field getting away from it or not? Right. And you'll see during the MLB season that just because this game has rain out risk doesn't mean the field is getting away from it because it depends on how much rain out risk it is. Because we have situations where we know earlier in the day that it's going to be a mess in Cleveland, right? It's going to be a mess in Cleveland. Cleveland has a decent total, but not great but still good enough to play. You'd want to play. They'd be like the third best stack of the day. And people are like, well, they're, they're, they're jumping off. They're jumping like, like, dude, you're going to get these guys at like 2% owned because like everyone's been thinking this game is going to get postponed. And maybe you hear on crunch time before it's like, like the radar looks much better than it did earlier today said still very highly. It's still quite likely that, that we may even get a postponement while the show is on. Right, they may postpone it twenty minutes before a lot, and at that point you could change to whatever you want. Right, you're not going to play the postponed game that already that just got postponed. But he comes on and gives like, like there's a chance that they actually get this game in. That that that, that if they we may actually be able to start and get three innings in before some more of this mess comes in. And if it's just light rain, maybe they just get this whole thing in. And what ends up happening is that these guys are just like two percent, like are, the stack is like one percent owned. Because, like, everyone just assumed this game is getting postponed. But we also get the other side of the coin where a game is kind of like, yeah, it's it, 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 maybe scattered shower or something. They probably get this game. Like, everyone's thinking that, like, yeah, they're probably getting this game in. This, you know, there's probably not that much risk in it. But there's some risk. It's a yellowish. And the total is high. It's like a six, you know, if someone has a 5.8 applied run total. And then you get you get on crunch time, and Roth is like, like most probably you're good, but there there is some there like depending on how this line comes through in the sixth inning, this may be a washout. I mean, or in, unless they're gonna wait two and a half hours, this may depending on where this goes, this may be a washout in the sixth inning, and no one's paying attention, and no ever everyone's just acting like the ownership is acting as if the rain risk is low. That could be a time because of ownership that you just like, well, if people if people are going to just jump on board a situation that has some variance in it, it's very similar to how I treat other sports. It's like high variance situations, the type of thing where if there are, if it's owned, I want to be under on, and if it's under owned, I want to be over on. So take advantage of situations where people don't think there's as much variance as there is. So that's how that's how I personally approach it and then there's the the caveat we'll talk about next of once you determine those contextual variables how does if you're building numerous lineups obviously you could you could build a lineup that i'll take a chance on it and then a lineup that doesn't take a chance on it like how do you set up your portfolio 
so that you maximize your EV of multiple scenarios. Is that, is that is, are there any other contextual variables that you take into account? Because since you're not factoring it into the projection itself on whether or not like, okay, I'm playing, I'm playing five GPP lineups. Like, oh, there's rain risk in wherever. I'm not going to play that team or I am going to play that. Because most likely we're talking about stack. We're, for this, we're talking about stacks. You're, you're playing five, four or five guys from one team. And you're on mute. I was going to say, uh, there, there's not really that many more contextual variables. You, you didn't talk at all about hitters. You talked about, completely about stacks. But the same kind of contextual variables exist. Like, we're still worried about slate size. We're still worried about ownership. We're still worried about projection. Um, yeah, I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that is that is added onto that. And Daniel uh, highlighted a very good point. Uh, he says he doesn't play cash games. So double ups, head to heads, that type of stuff. But always surprised how many people ask in Discord, should I play the weather risk game? And in cash, the answer is almost always no. Even a small postponement risk is rarely worth it. And that's correct. It's And that's especially true on larger slates. Yeah, on larger slates. Because projection different. And most, to be fair, most MLB slates, main slates, are larger slates. Mm -hmm. We'll get some of these split slates, early five game, late six game, which are a little bit smaller. But if you take a look at the projections, which we have here at Roto-Grinders, if you're a subscriber, the difference between many batters, unless there's some outlier, Wrigley, 27 mile an hour wind blowing out, the difference between batter projections when there's 12 games. Yeah, one batter may project a half a point more than another guy and 0.2 more than this guy and 0.3 more than that guy. Like once you slap on like even just like 10% postponement risk, dock the guy 10% from his median. And like you could play any of the other seven other players in that range. Right. And that would be better than taking on even a 10% postponement risk in a, in a in a game where you don't benefit from variance, right? Because it's it's double ups. You, you don't I, get I any more that, points. I do think that there needs to be a caveat here for pitchers. I like for hitters. I absolutely agree. Well, pitchers, you could do the same thing. Take ten percent off, even some ace pitcher or something. Right. But my my point here was saying that the answer is almost always no. I don't think that's true with pitchers. I think it's true with hitters. I don't think it's true with pitchers. I think that there are, there are instances. I mean, that this opening day slate. Say that. Uh, I don't know. Shane McClanahan, he's 7,700 on DraftKings. All right. Say that he projected for three points higher than anyone else on the slate. He he projects very well for 7,700, but say he projected even better. Say he projected for 26 fantasy points and the next highest is 23. But there was postponement risk in that game. Well, 10%, oh. if you take 10% off, it wouldn't, it would still be the highest raw point pitcher. Right. But that's, that is what I'm saying is that with pitchers, I do think that you need to still like that. There are not going to be as many instances where the answer is just like strictly no with hitters. The answer is pretty much strictly no when you're talking about postponement stuff, but with pitchers, I don't think that it's almost strictly no. I think it comes way, way closer to you're probably still going to play a very underpriced pitcher rather than fade them. But right, but I still think most of the time it's still going to be no. That's why I, I said. That's why I said it, the answer is almost always no. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I think for I think for pitchers, a lot of the time you're going to take on that risk. If if the situation is where you're like, if you even have to ask, I think that it, it becomes a situation with pitchers where you have to weigh a lot of stuff. With hitters, you don't. 
I, I, I think if you, if you if you had a general rule, if you played every slate, yeah, and said I'm not going to play any, and, and and you played double ups and head to heads, you said I'm not going to if 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 any of the if any of the if Roth has anything orange or worse, mm-hmm. and never play a player from those teams, I think you're I think you're fine. No matter I agree, if it's good yeah. or bad. but I, I wasn't talking about orange. I was talking more like you're talking yellow. about yellows. You're talking about more yellowish. Right, straight, that's where people... straight yellow. I think if you could, if you never played a straight yellow guy in cash, I think you're fine. Green yellow, I think you're cl- you're much closer because green yellow kind of means like five. I th- I think if you crossed out anybody in straight yellow for an entire year, you would not be fine. In terms of pitchers, not hitters. In terms of pitchers, pitchers specifically I don't know. because hitters, sure, I agree with you, but pitchers, no man, like yellows, because yellows Roth is usually saying there's pop ups in the area. Or or something like there's like a chance of a delay because of a pop up and like if you're fading like say that Shane McClanahan seventy seven hundred say he was the best projected hitter pitcher on the slate and you're like oh yeah I'm gonna cross him out because of a yellow like you're just donating <laughs> you're just donating that slate I think it all evens out after I mean there there are gonna be times where so that pitcher is eighty percent owned and he doesn't even pitch and he win the the other slate that you don't have yeah uh, I I'll disagree with that okay. We can disagree. That's fine. Right. No, I mean, but I'm talking about if we did it over the course as a, as a heuristic. I'm talking about a heuristic. Yep. I don't I, think you should be you should be viewing postponement risk as a heuristic. I and that's the point that you made 100%. before that it's much more nuanced than just do you play this guy or do you not play this guy? Right. What are the, what is the context of the slate warrant? And when you're telling me that there's a seventy seven hundred dollar pitcher that has six points higher raw projection than anyone else, that may be the context of yeah, it's only yellow. It's only a 10-15% postponement risk. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm playing the guy. The other thing that I was going to say is uh, if you're going to just, like, make a hard rule that you're going to say yes or no to anybody with yellow, like, you shouldn't be playing LBDFS because <laughs> that's just – that's not the spot where you're going to take hard stance. That's not it. Okay, now now when building lineups, mm-hmm. uh, obviously we're stacking – we're primarily stacking in our lineups, but there, there are a lot of configurations that you could stack. So, like, on – on DraftKings, five three, five two one. You could put outside of a stack. You could play multiple one offs, right? Mm-hmm. On FanDuel, you could go four three one, stuff like that, and with a with a good one off in in the other spot. What I do, and I think this is this is the best approach when it comes to portfolio management, is that we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I use it's it's one of the best buttons we have, which I'm not sure where where oh this is the picture that's why it's not there. This OIS button in lineup HQ, I I believe we may be the only the only lineup builder that has this. I I I could I could be wrong. It's, 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 I, I, I use lineup HQ, so I'm not sure what other things have. But at one point it was the only one, and that's that stands for only in stacks. All I can tell you is that when I build lineups, if there's postponement risk on a team and I'm building GPP lineups, I just click only in stacks on all of their hitters. So essentially, if I'm going to make 20 lineups, there's going to be, there's going to be, remember the distribution of outcomes now with postponement risk gets more and more bimodal, right? Gets trimodal. Gets quad, whatever. You get tons of humps towards the back end and the front end because sometimes the game doesn't play and sometimes the game does play. So it gets even wider and wider. Because when when variance gets wide, when when the range of outcomes get wider and wider, the the, the effect of correlation gets stronger and strong. Like correlation matters even more. So to me, when I play twenty lineups, if there's a game, if the Braves have a good total and it's uh, you know oh it's orange, I don't know. Like, and the ownership starts coming down and like, oh, people aren't going to be playing the Braves. They're too scared of the game getting called or something. It's like, okay, only in stacks on all the Braves. Then I will build some lineups with five Braves in them and other lineups with no, like I'm not going to play Acuna as a one-off. I'm not going to play Ozzy Albies as a one. I'm not, because if the game gets postponed, the lineups that have them as one-offs are just like automatic zeros. Yeah, they're just dead. Yeah. They're dead. But, and, but if the, and if the game doesn't play, I have an entire lineup of zeros. So basically I'm just saying that that lineup is just dead. I don't want to have 20 lineups. And then if the game doesn't play, it infects like all of my, like, like I have a brave in like every single lineup out of 20, even though I only have five brave stacks total, but I still have one off. So like I want, I, when the postponement risk gets determined, the more and more risk, the more and more likely that I'm looking to like fork my lineups. Now, obviously, if you're only playing one lineup, you could just say, I'm going to take a chance on the Braves, and if they if they don't play, then I just I lose that day. I mean, that's whatever. If you're going to play three lineups, you may decide to, I don't want to take a chance on the Braves at all. I have three other spots. To, okay, that's fine, right? But I think playing one-offs from postponement risk games, there's just too many other, uh, the opportunity cost is so high because there's just like, dude, if you don't play, if I mean, like we could take a look, I mean, just take a look at the raw points. It's like, uh, if you don't play, oh, it may be raining in Kansas City. So instead of playing Byron Buxton, you play Cedric Mullins. Yeah. Or you play Starling Marte or you play Juan Soto or Michael Harris. You're like, there's so many other, you know, you're going to find so many batters in that same range anyway. If you have no benefit of correlation, like just play someone else. Mm-hmm. 
right? Is that is that how you is that how you approach it? Do you do you, do you make sure that when you're playing multiple lines, I know you don't, typically don't play that many lineups. Yeah. But are you are you more inclined to just never play high postponement risk batters as one-offs, regardless of how well they like this lineup projects for a half a point better with this guy with postponement risk rather than just take a guy that's a half a point lower. Yeah, I won't ever play postponement guys as one-offs. It's just it's not. And people will say, oh, well, you know, I'll, I'll play Aaron Judge at 35% owned um, because – and the Yankees are are uh, postponers, right? And they're just like, oh, well, you know, it, if it postpones, then, you know, at least I still have a chance to min cash. And I look at them in their digital face and I say, I don't care about min cashing. <laughs> I only want to win the GPP. So, like, if Aaron, if Aaron Judge is out, like, there are certainly instances if you're playing the higher dollar tournaments where if you play Aaron Judge and you get a zero, you still have a chance to win the GPP. But for the most part, in the $88 tournament, in the 15 in the $20 three max, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you don't have a chance anymore to win that tournament if you take a zero on Aaron Judge in your outfield. But you do have a chance to win it. If you stack the Yankees with Aaron Judge, because other people are not stacking the Yankees, they're only playing Aaron Judge. So I would always prefer to stack if there is postponement risk. And I take it as far as saying that most of the time, if the top overall team in my scoring percentages has some sort of postponement risk, that is less than 50%. Like we're talking like in the orange range. If the top overall stack for me ends up being uh like the yankees and they have like a 30 percent postponement risk i would love to stack the yankees because they're not going to be high enough owned according to my models they should be the highest owned team on the slate and they're going to be behind like the reds and the guardians you know so I, i'm i'm always happy to take that risk on postponement stuff i think that's one of the biggest mistakes that people make actually the, c- comparing to ownership i mean we see plenty of times that that the field doesn't mind diving into into postponement risk Right, we see it. We see slates where it's seven game slate, and there's one great game. Everything else kind of sucks because all it, it's all good pitchers against one another. Right, and then and the postponement risk is there, but it's not absurdly high. And then you next thing you know, the seven oh five game locks. That's the game, and it's like you see the Braves at thirty eight percent owned. This guy, Dansby mm-hmm. Swanson's twenty two percent owned. You look like this, and he, and a lot of times I'm sitting there with my fingers crossed, going. I want to see that PPD. I want to see that update. Like, show me that update. Show me that up. Or they get in for the first two innings. And it's like, let's get for, go for rain yeah. there because people didn't, you know, I'm, I'm stacking the garbage teams, my vomit stacks, and yeah. and hoping for the best. Right? Daniel Hutchins says, uh, you can think of weather risk for batters as a pill you have to swallow that might be poisonous for your lineup. But you only have to take one pill per game, so why not stack? Right. Yeah, there's, there's no reason. I, and people will always say, I always get the, oh, well, I still want to like have some chance to cash. It's like, then play cash games. <laughs> then go, go play double ups. I think Never it's a do. fundamental misunderstanding of how close batters are projected in baseball. Right. It's a fundamental difference of like, who's the best play on the slate? It's like, well, Acuna is the best play on the slate. It's like, so I, I, I got to play him no matter what. It's like, Dude, it's what? It's an eleven-game slate. It's like, right? Like, dude, play. <laughs> you don't have to play him if you're not playing the. If you're not playing the the Braves, you could play Aaron Judge. You could play 
Byron Buxton. You could play Kyle Schwarber. You could, I mean, yeah, against the Grum this late. But I'm saying, like, there's going to be so many other people in that range where if you told me that's like, oh, who's going to score more points, Aaron Judge or Ronald Acuna? Like, good luck determining what days that that happens. Yeah. That, well, Judge is facing a good pitcher, and, and uh, Acuna is facing a bad pitcher. Like, Judge could hit three home runs off of anyone. Yeah. And Acuna could go 0 for 5 against anyone. So, like, wow. don't think that you have to play these risk, the, the one-offs with postponement risk, when there are so many other batters available. Here's here's the uh, here's the hot stuff comment too. All right, you can stack the Braves and play Judge instead of Acuna. You right, can do, you do that as also, right? You can, yeah, and and it'll it'll be something that separates you off from the field because when you run stack permutations and you see, oh, there's you know the the Braves are the highest owned stack, but forty percent of that ownership is coming from Acuna, <laughs> and all you have to do is just not play him. And now you can play whatever Brave stack with whatever combination of pitchers that you want. And that's, that's a conversation for another day. We go over a lot of that in theory of DFS. Um, you, you don't need to worry about it at that point. Uh, that's, that's one of my favorite things to do when I have a stack, when the models find the, the best stack on the slate has like a 35% chance at scoring eight plus runs and it's the Braves and they have an aggregate ownership of 212% on a 12 game slate. And I'm like, okay, well, who, who am I not going to play, Acuna or Ozzy Albies? Which one? Or both, you know? We'll see. The answer last year, I think, was just play Michael Harris batting ninth. Yeah, it was just play Michael Harris constantly, yeah. Michael Harris and uh, their, their catcher, right? It's, uh, Travis Darno. Yeah, Darno. So anything else about postponement risk? I just wanted to go over through through this because, I mean, this is going to be the probably the number one talking point on crunch time, Yeah, like every day, of like, what does the weather look like? And just from a, from an aspect of not the weather as it relates to the player projections, right? Not the weather as it relates to how does that impact the the, the ball and how it travels, the, the 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 heat versus the wind versus like that's all already factored into the projections. Mm-hmm. Postponement risk is not factored into our projections or the bats projections. So yeah, that's something you have to overlay on top of it. And I think that we covered like pretty much the thought processes of of determ- of determining when and where you should be building lineups for or against and you have to deter- and should dude you have to determine do you do I think the field is going is, is this going to be underowned is it going to be overowned well that's something you have to determine yeah there's right? a lot of how choices. many people are going to react to this and then you also have to listen to Roth and Roth is not definitive on stuff is like if they're patient I think this game could play and it's like, what, what, what number is that? Is that That's a, is that a seventy percent chance of a, a postponement? A fifty percent chance of you have to. All Roth is doing is giving you as much information as he could provide, based on what he sees. He's not the one building the lineups. He's not the one playing the lineups. Like, you're just gonna say this, 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 this is the probability of this thing happening. If you, if hey, based on his description, you may go. Yeah, I think it's I, I I think it's more like like yeah, I I, I don't want to play this game. Like yeah. like when when Roth is typically going like hemming and hawing, a lot of times that's a bad sign. Yeah. Right? Where people are asking about batters and he's like, I don't I don't know. It's like like I don't see how they play past like the sixth to seventh inning. I just don't I don't see it. 
I think this, I think if this line comes in, it's a washout. Like a lot of times I just, I just lean towards, I'm going to call that a 75% chance of them not playing. Yeah, the I was going to say that's leaning into bad. Um, but you may determine and go, I think the spot is so good. Right. Right. Like this spot is too good to pass up. That I th- and it's going to be under-owned way more than it should. I'm going to take that chance. Well, that's up to you. Yeah, I, I was going to say there's there's two things that I'll that I'll just add on to this conversation, and they're they're the for the full season, all right? One, um, it's a long season, so you're going to deal with you're you're going to get hit with some postpones that you don't want to deal with, and you're going to get hit with some spots where you regret getting off of a team. It it just is what it is. But it's a long season, and that leads on to the next point of be consistent and try to be consistent with your determinations on whether you would like to play a game or not to play a game. Don't, don't, um, don't, don't buy into recency, but you, you'll see this in our yeah. Discord a lot of like, oh, I fa- oh, every time I fade the rain game, it goes off, or or like, oh, when it, when I oh, whenever I play the, the pitcher, oh, uh, or what you know, James, this is what ends up happening. That. Uh, uh, there's a pitcher, a, an ace pitcher or something like that, that we're scared that, the, you know, Garrett Cole in, 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 in Yankee Stadium or something. In New York, there's rain in the area. And it's like, there's some postponement risk. And you see the field, you determine that the field is kind of getting off of him. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, but I think this game plays or whatever. And then the, then the game does play. You play Garrett Cole at 12% ownership rather than 45% ownership. Right. And Garrett Cole in two innings gives up four home runs and gets knocked out of the game in like the fourth inning. The game fully plays. And then you you use that as a well, I'm not I am I'm, I'm I should have gotten off I should have gotten off of him. It's like, no, from a from a from an actual standpoint of what you were judging, the field was wrong. Right, it was under own. He was, if if I would have told you, Garrett Cole pitches one hundred and five pitches, would you have played him at twelve percent that slate? He goes, absolutely. I said, yeah. So who cares that he gave up five runs? Like, like he just happened to perform poorly in a spot where a lot of people, even with a good projection, was getting off of it because of postponement risk. Don't don't chalk that up to well. I I'm always gonna. I'm I'm always gonna fade the postponement risk guy when the field is doing so because I don't want to get into that spot. Like, dude, that's the prime spot. I guarantee you that you ask any and anyone, like, if you if I knew if I knew if I knew this game was going nine innings or whatever, and you know it's a pitcher that's has a high projection, it's like I'm, dude. He's always gonna be under owned. If he ends up getting destroyed, then he gets destroyed. And there and there are gonna be times where people go towards the postponement and it's like, oh, Garrett Cole ends up being 45% owned, even though there's a heavy risk of that game getting canceled. You get off of him and go, wow, I can't believe 45% of people played that guy. The game gets called in the sixth inning, but Garrett Cole pitched all six innings and has 12 strikeouts and gets the complete game credit. And he pitched and he pitched like 88 pitches. And then you sit there going, I should have played him or whatever. It's like, like no. If I would have told you Garrett Cole only pitches 88 pitches, you would have said, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to play him at 45% owned. Right. Like, you have to get away from what the result of the actual player performance was 
when all you're determining is deciding on whether or not to play a guy because of postponement risk. The game, uh, I'm going to play this, this, this one-off batter. The game gets called in the fourth inning, but he just happens to have two home runs by then. Right. It's like, oh, if I would have told you before the slate that you're going to pay 5700 in the outfield on a 13-game slate for an outfielder that like has two at-bats, would you do it? They go, no. So then who cares that he just hit two home runs? Yep. All that. I agree. All that. <clears throat> okay. So uh, send in your questions, MLB. DFS questions uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. We'll be going over leverage as a concept in MLB DFS. We covered projection, covered correlation last week. Going to cover leverage Tuesday and Wednesday. Friday, there's no MMA show. So there's just going to be a regular pregame show. Tuesday, uh, Thursday is Grinders Live. So you'll see a lot of times, if you're new here, Wednesdays and Thursdays, they're, they're, they're oftentimes afternoon MLB DFS slates. And on those days... This show essentially gets preempted by MLB Grinders Live, our, our yep. normal Grinders Live show. But I'm 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 usually on that show anyway. So like, like you won't see a pregame show thumbnail, but you'll see a Grinders Live thumbnail with my face on it also. So it's probably and, and me uh, haranguing Dean to get up early, right? Because he's not used to getting up early. I am right. That's why they schedule me, right? Because most of pretty much anyone that's going to be on Grinders Live today for NBA is probably sleeping currently, right? Like no one gets up this early other than me. This early, it's only eleven a.m. I was James, gonna say, man, I you've been, like, here, James, you've been up for half the day already. Yeah, you you wake up at like eight forty-five a.m. and slam a Red Bull before the show. And I'm like, I've been up since five forty-five. Like, you don't, dude. Get I didn't get. Early. I did not get out of bed. It's it's. This is an eleven a.m. show. I did not get out of bed until ten twenty. Yeah, you don't get. You don't get up early. It's nobody. 10 -20. That's not right. I, I take I take my poop, my morning poop, right? I get I get my my little Starbucks frappuccino thing, and I'm good to go. Right? This is the beginning. I'm almost of my ready for my second cup of coffee. By the time that we're done with the show, there are some days where I have my second cup of coffee during this show. What time I do you go to sleep to... though? Uh, 9 30, 10 maybe. <laughs> that I what? How old are you? What what are you? <laughs> Well, what are you, one, 84 years old? One, Who goes to sleep that early? I'm 30, and I have a two-year-old son. Like, I got tired, man. Who goes to sleep that early? It's very, it's very rare. I, it's very rare. I, I, I go to, I fall asleep earlier than like 1 a.m. Yeah, that's disgusting. I can't, I cannot stay up till 1 a.m. If I try, uh, I did. That, I you, did know, you know, you know, you know how you do it, James, by not waking up until 10 a.m. <laughs> oh, that's, that's fair. <laughs> Uh, I did. I did want to point out one comment really quick. Uh, Mike Ostry said you can still play small single entry stuff without stacking, especially higher stakes stuff. I just want to highlight this really quick and say, don't do that. From a person who gives fantasy advice and like has a site and puts things together, people go home run hunting, and that's how you like basically guarantee yourself a negative ROI season. Like you will get shot unless you, you hit a major tournament and win a hundred thousand dollars. And then you're probably in the black only because it's hard to lose a hundred thousand dollars over the course of a season. If you're a regularly small volume player, um, you should be stacking in MLB DFS. Correlation is vitally important. We for talk about GPPs, GPPs, right? No matter GPPs. the size of GPP, right? You should always be stacking in GPPs. Um, 
because the field does not stack enough in cash games. You, that's a different conversation. You don't have to stack in cash games by any means, but in GPPs, always be stacking. Uh, we talk about it a lot in theory DFS in both books. Uh, it's well documented by other really smart people. You should always be stacking. Uh, home run hunting is fun, but just don't don't do it with the, any. The, the plot, I, I explained it last week, James. I went through like numerically the uh, the the strength of correlation in MLB DFS is strong enough that the more and more batters that you add to your lineup from the same team, the projection of your lineup and the range of outcomes of your lineup goes up more and more than in almost any other sport right. outside of like esports, Right. Right. Like LOL or something like that. So like, if you're going to take like eight guys from eight different teams, like you get whatever their projection is, you get, you get no correlation benefits at right. all. But five guys, like playing five guys from the same team is the functional equivalent of having an extra spot in your life. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Like when you, like if you were to just do it mathematically by how much projection you get, you play five players on DraftKings in your lineup, it's the functional equivalent of you playing with you're not paying for it, you're still playing a 50k level lineup, but you have some utility spot there with some guy with some 8 to 10 point projection. I was going to say it's basically like, it's basically an extra $5,000. Right. On your on your lineup on DraftKings, probably more than that. Probably more than that. Sure, yeah. I, I mean, it's, 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 the obviously the the projections of the players, Matt. I mean, like, yeah, the better and better the team, like the more value and value oriented the team is, the more money technically you're you're right. gaining yeah. by that. I, so would, that, I would so, say, so yes, it, so like in theory, James. Yeah, you could play eight one offs. As long as those eight one-offs equal a projection of a lineup that costs five thousand, eight thousand more than it, right? Yeah, yeah. So they, yeah sure, maybe, maybe there happens to be a slate where that is possible, where there's some weird reason why certain one-offs from eight different teams project for ten more points than any other lineup or something. But for the most part, yeah. in GPPs, the correlations are so strong that the more and more you add to it. The wide the, that's and that in GPPs that's what you should be doing. You, you're looking for the widest range of outcomes. Yep. Good luck with the home run hunting. Yeah, you, you don't just like if you're ever gonna play like two stud pitchers and you end up having to stack the pirates because of it. That's better okay. than just right. That's fine because like that the stack of the pirates of five pirates is probably still as good as a stack of like. Or, or five one-offs from five different random teams. Yeah, right. That are better than the Pirates, right? right. Like, let's let's say you you I could play the second baseman from the Twins, the first baseman from the Dodgers, like, and you put them and for the same price or something like that as five Pirates with a three point eight run total. Yeah, I'd rather take the Pirates with a three point eight run total than five random batters, even if the five random batters have a four or five point higher median projection. Because once I stack five guys, I make up those five points in median projection, and then I surpass it by another five points. Yeah, you you gain an extra like seven to twelve points in median expectation. Right. So that's you should always stack. Like why not always. get one in a progressive payout contest? If you're getting that benefit, 
why shouldn't you? Like, it has nothing to do with how many other people, how many other people do stack or don't stack. It's like, like, dude, do you do you want an extra eight to twelve points of projection for doing nothing, right. other than playing five multiple guys from the same team? Then other people are going to take it, right? Why shouldn't you? Regardless, if you're playing the dude, but I don't want to play the chalky stack. Like, dude, even compared to, even if you threw out ownership. Like, dude, don't you want to play the highest projected lineup that that has five guys from the same team? Like, like right. that is the highest. Pro- that is a higher projected lineup in in mathematical expectation than your cash lineup that you play with just eight random people. Right. Right. So, like, truthfully, even it wouldn't be completely off in double ups to play a five man. Like, I don't. I don't. It's not as wrong. The thing is, is that because double ups are not progressively paid out. Coming in 50th in a 100-man 50-50 pays the same as first. Obviously, the more correlation you add to your lineup, the higher the variance of the lineup. Like, your goal in 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 in, in theory in double-ups is to have the same expectation with the least amount of variance. Yeah, you literally want to place, like, 45th out of 100. Right. So, like, 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 like if you were – it's quite possible that the expectation of a stacked – the top stacked lineup – versus the unstacked lineup is about the same, just that one will have more variance than the other. And when when given the choice between two lineups with similar EVs, I'll take the one with the lower variance, right? When it comes to cash games, right? We're going to get, we're gonna, you know, you know how uh, uh, the new people are going to come in and get, the, I'm going to get that question probably. I'm going to, I'll probably answer that during the season, probably 84 times. Yep. Just wanted to answer it now before the season even gets started. Just get you warmed up. People could ask those questions. They could ask anything you want. Remember, this is unstructured learning. Email your questions in questions at theoryofdfs.com. MLB or otherwise, anything, anything you want. DFS related, sports betting, prop betting, prize picks, underdog, any, anything, anything you want. Questions at theoryofdfs.com. That's where we get the questions for the show. That's where the topics come from. So if I don't get questions, I can't give you answers. And then, James, all your stuff is over at paydirtdfs.com? Yep, paydirtdfs.com. Uh, I'll have a primer on the new MLB tools, either today or tomorrow. Uh, built some really, really cool stuff, some really intuitively strong stuff. So pretty excited for that. And um, if you did not already read the email, if you're a member of Paydirt, I did send out an email talking about some changing to pricing structure and some updates and stuff like that. So make sure you check your email for that. And if you'd like to get uh, MLB projections, ownership, everything like that, sign up to Roto-Grinders Premium. Combo Premium, you get NBA, NFL, MLB, soccer, MMA, everything. $10 off your first month. Click on that link in the description. And I'll be back tomorrow. We'll be talking about Tuesday and Wednesday. Leverage, right? Leverage and MLB DFS as a concept. Answering your questions, like I always do here. Hit those thummy thumbs. On your way out the door, helps us out. I'll see you tomorrow, Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Eastern, in the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.